Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio, and I'm so excited, as I always am, because when I have epic guests on here, it gets me fired up, which I know is going to get you fired up to learn some new things that you can bring into your workplace and, and really be able to expand your mind with outside guests that maybe aren't from our industry. And today's guest is no different. Melissa joined us all the way from Australia. It's 5 a.m. her time. So she woke up early to give us some of her time, but she's originally from New York and the insight that this woman shares on her social media. I love, I feel like we're like a kindred spirit where we just kind of get the things. She's also a mom and she just really loves to talk about emotional wellness and how that plays, plays a huge role in your business and, and just how you show up. This is really, really for the women that are out there. A lot of you are women in this, in this podcast community and just ways that we can talk about rituals that really matter and just being emotionally intelligent around making decisions, therefore impacting our kids or your salon kids. Some of you maybe not are true moms, but you've got things and people that you're taking care of. So Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jessica. I feel like you just put me in your chair. <laughs> like I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready for it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, so talk to us about I mean, there's so many things and this is where like, as a, as an interview interviewer, I always struggle. I'm like, people's stories are so amazing and so colorful. And I'm always like one of those little kids in a candy store. I'm like, I don't know where I want to start, but let's, let's intro everybody because you're in Australia, but that is not where you started out. You are from New York. Talk us through how you ended up. You just told me a quick backstory on that, but I want to share with our guests, like where you're from and how you got into this, this space now, because you too have a podcast. I do. And it's been quite the journey for me, I would say. So I would say, you know, just to really like resonate with listeners, right? So from my perspective, a salon is a place where it's Dominican owners, Dominican women, and there's soap operas on the TV, and you're sitting down and you have like, you know, rollers, they call it, at least from a New York perspective. I know I'm butchering the lingo, but um, that's like my perspective, right, of a salon. And I would say that I've I've definitely changed in terms of now, right? So here I am in Australia in this like fancy schmancy salon that doesn't even look like a salon. It looks like a cafe. And so it's like this place where, I mean, there's no soap operas. It's just like what's going on here in Sydney, Australia. And I would say, you know, one of the biggest nuances or the reason why I'm here is that I realized early on as a little girl, you know, in part by being raised by a bunch of women that do like hang out at salons and talk about all these things that, you know, different people experience life differently. And you actually have a choice in how you would like to experience your life, your business, and being a mom as well, or a parent, depending on, you know, how you identify right now, right? And so it's interesting to think that this journey is one that's been very much so, you know, self-directed. I was telling Jessica earlier that it was something that just came out of us. So my husband, when he turned 40, and I know 40 is like this critical age for a lot of folks, but when he turned 40, he was just like, you know what, um, what I see around us, which we at the time lived in Connecticut, it's amazing. It's 
it takes you down a certain path. Like you go to university, you work at a corporation, you buy a house and all these things. However, what if we chose differently? And at the time we have three little boys, we still have them, <laughs> but in that mix, we have a set of identical twins. And so at the time, I don't even recall, but right now they're eight years old and my eldest is 11 years old. So it's not necessarily the prime time to like get up and really locate, especially after having bought a house and having lived there at most for three years when we left. So I would say, you know, as it relates to your lives and as it relates to wherever you are, as far as seasons, you know, whatever you see around you, it can change rapidly. I, I think we all can kind of attest to, but at the same time, there's benefits too in looking beyond what's familiar. And so to your point, Jessica, you mentioned, you know, I come from a totally different field. I haven't been in the beauty industry per se. I have a marketing background. I've worked for these multinationals, some of which you get your products from, right? So Procter & Gamble does have like shampoo and all the such, but um it's, there's benefits. There's benefits to being around people who are unlike you, who have different rituals than you and who have experienced life very differently. I'll give you an example here in Australia, totally unlike New York. So for perspective, I come from a big brick building in New York City that when you looked outside the window, you saw another big brick building. We did not see like beaches, right? But here in the morning, from like a morning ritual perspective, people choose the beach. They surf, they run on the sand. And this is like irrespective of the weather. So I have learned. And I find that so beautiful and so inspiring because I didn't see any of that as a little girl. So from a, you know, business owner perspective, being in the beauty industry perspective, might it be possible that there's different ways of working within your business, engaging with your clients, being that, you know, influencer or leader in your particular space? Might there be things that you can learn from people who are in totally different parts of the world? And then surprise, you bring it to your salon and like your clients are just like smitten with it, right? It's like, oh my God, I didn't realize we have these like, in you know, these sort of like, um, what do they have now? These like oils and such that they do these rituals before like actual hair stuff. So there's so much beauty beyond the four walls in which we live. And so that has been part of my, my journey since, you know, coming from New York. That's amazing. And I love that. And I love how you just give perspective to that. So let me give you guys a little backstory. And you heard her say she, she, she does marketing and, and that's also what, this is a podcast, right? It's online. You guys see me on social media, marketing the podcast, talking about the courses that I have stepping into the education space. And it's all to show you what's possible. If you want to diversify from just being behind the chair, stepping into education, totally pivoting into a different season, like she said, maybe in your business, maybe it's moving into a totally different environment because you've outgrown the one that you're currently in, or you're just ready for something new. You know, my favorite thing is you, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know how much better it could get. So sometimes you get uncomfortable and put yourself in situations that um, you may have never seen for yourself, which it sounds like exactly what you guys did. 
Oh, That's totally. Neither of us had even been to Australia. So for us, it was like this sight unseen. Let's talk to people. And as long as they don't say it's like dangerous or scary or something, like we're game. So no, we had not come here at all. That's wild. You guys. Okay. So listen, so Melissa's background includes a psychology degree from NYU an MBA from the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth, and she holds a Transformational Coaching Academy certificate based on Tony Robbins' principles, landmark background. So if you guys know anything about landmark, it's a, it's a personal development. Maybe you can give a little more insight to like what that is, but how did you go from the traditional education that you have into something like landmark and getting involved with Tony Robbins? Because I'm sure everybody listening knows who Tony Robbins is or has been touched by him in some way. We all know his high energy and how he's so amazing at teaching us how to move our energy, change our state and kind of just like transform our lives, which is a lot about what you talk about too. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that mindset of like, this is just the cards I was dealt. Like you were born in New York. That was probably all you could foresee when you were a kid. Right. And now you're, you are living in Australia with your family. It's just it's so wild that we do have the choice and we can make those shifts. So again, yeah. How did you go from like that traditional education into getting into kind of more of that, you know, diversified type of self-paced education? So it's really interesting when I interviewed James Altucher on my podcast, this was episode five and six. I know them intimately because I edited them myself. <laughs> I remember when I interviewed him. So, I mean, just to kind of consider this, this was the early days of my podcast. I had no idea how to interview people. And here I was interviewing this like multimillionaire person in the Upper West Side sitting on his sofa. And by the way, one of his neighbors is Cindy Lauper, which was super cool for me. But anyway, you know, so here I am and James Altucher explains it best. He basically says that a lot of us are living the early years of our lives based on what our parents want for us, right? Or what society deems appropriate or the traditional, typical, conventional path. And so for me, I thought to myself, okay, so I did what I was told to do. When I was a little girl, my grandmother would always like almost whisper into my ear every single night during the summers when I spent time in Miami. She would always say, become a professional, become a professional. That was the instruction. That's what I was programmed, right? To think as per Tony Robbins language, right? Programmed in my brain, become a professional. So I made good on that. I was like, okay, great. Here I am. I'm going to go to NYU. And for me, honestly, like if you could have boomeranged me to the other side of the world back then, I would have gone. However, you know, I was more like practical and it's like, all right, find a place that is going to be a great education, but then at the same time, see if you can figure out some financial aid that's going to work for you. And that was important to me. So I was able to get, and I'm very grateful about it, a full ride to NYU. And so that was like, okay, answer done, right? Then when I was at NYU, my deep, deep, deep interest was psychology. And it had nothing to do with learning about human dynamics. I didn't give a shit about human dynamics. I actually didn't care about like all these psychological principles or theories and such. My big question going into NYU was, my mom has manic depression. Am I going to get it? That's it. 
this was like early days internet. So I couldn't like YouTube it, right? It wasn't like this easy to find answer. So I literally was like, okay, waiting. I was like, am I going to get the answer? Am I going to get the answer? Right. All four years. Um, surprise. Not really. It's always like this, like 50, 50 thing. Maybe you get it. Maybe you don't, we don't know if it's hereditary. So that's the answer. I'll spare you the whole NYU education <laughs> to get that answer. And ultimately after that, I wanted to then, and this is kind of like left field, but I wanted to become an attorney again with the guidance of my grandmother, right? Become a professional, become professional. So for her, what a professional meant at the time was simply work in an office setting and wear like a nice outfit and then like straighten your hair. That was a part of it. And you're looking at my curly hair. So you know that I'm a little wild, right? Mm. So wild and unruly. So become a professional. So the thought is like that that thread, right? All along and, the early years. And probably have a title, right? I think that comes along with have some sort of a title too, that someone can call you. So when people ask, what do you do? You can say, I am a this. And I feel like a lot of people in the beauty industry can relate to, to that. Like sometimes we, if there's a stigma, maybe not so much now, but 15, 10, even less years ago, before it kind of blew up, it was like, I'm just a hairdresser. And I don't put that on the listeners as a negative thing, but that was something that was, was for me, my mom, same thing, professional. She reminds me so much of your grandmother, you know, like get a good job, a respected position, something that you can be proud of, or that what she really meant was that I can be proud of when I talk about you and I have curly hair. So I feel you like my hair literally looks like your hair until I did the works to it. So I feel that. And it's like that, that's just what they were conditioned to believe to be what made you successful was that you had this title, you got the education and you were some sort of a professional. Yeah. And so at the time I wanted to become an attorney. And so being a lawyer, it's like, oh, you're a professional, right? And then now you can make money. So you make a lot of money. You're a professional, you know, who cares if you don't like what you do, but you know, whatever, right? Do you really have to enjoy your job? That was always a question back in the, you know, Mesozoic era, I like to think about it, right? Like really long ago. So anyways, I decided, okay, let me explore law school. I ultimately did go to law school, but I was in the first semester and then I quit and talk about an identity like crash. Oh my God, who am I now moment? And at that time I had to then decide, I was like, well, who am I going to be? And what I ended up doing was interviewing everybody that I thought had a cool job. And this was not in vogue. This was, I didn't have a podcast back then, which tells you something. It's like, I really like talking to strangers, like totally. It's like my thing. And so I talked to a nutritionist. I talked to a guidance counselor. I talked to someone in advertising. And some people were like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you talking to all these people? Like, are you all of a sudden a journalist? Which maybe that would have been a hint, but I never did talk to a journalist, funny enough. And I landed in marketing. And when I landed in marketing, I decided for myself, it was very much like almost like a gone with the wind moment. It was kind of like, I will never pay for school again until I know what I want, you know? Um, and I decided for myself, okay, let me try this out. Let me actually taste from, you know, the Chicago sampler of like life or whatever, and actually go in advertising and then see if I want to, you know, pursue my MBA, right. Or pursue some sort of education. 
And that's what I did. So I worked at Ogilvy and Mather, which is advertising. And basically there, I just, I fell in love with it. But of course, in like the whole like alchemist sort of scenario, like that's what I was interested in before anyways, when I was a kid, like I was a big who's the boss watcher. Like Angela was like my hero, the lead star, and she had an ad agency. So like, you know, it would have spared me some, <laughs> some moves. Well, sometimes when things are right in front of you, even if someone had directed you that way, it probably would have been a no, because again, you had been conditioned that that maybe wasn't the, the professional way to go or become a professional. And I think had your story been that way, it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you're at and everything that you've gone through to get where you're at, like makes us. So that's where, again, like, you know, the lessons learned along the way and, and the, the failures and all the things that we call like maybe in the negative boat, we're all just ways for you to learn and to grow and to become like exactly who you are doing what you're doing now. Right. Cause you wouldn't, it, the, the path wouldn't have been the same had you started in marketing right out of school. Yeah. And it, it also builds compassion and empathy, right? Because now I appreciate it when someone says, I really don't know what I was doing in that stage of my life. It's like, you know what? I get it. I totally get it. Like, I get it that you did the best you could with the information you had at the time based on where you thought you were going. And I think that's fair. And I think a lot of times it's almost like this, um, this path that we veer off of, even when we become moms, for those of you that are parents, it's like, there's this identity shift and there's this like decision point. It's like, okay, what sort of person am I going to be? Am I going to be as an example, although very limited, a working mom, or am I going to be a stay at home mom? Or am I going to be, as I identify myself, somewhere in the middle? Like, I don't think there's an actual title for me. And the funny thing is, early on, when my grandmother and I would have those nighttime conversations, that wasn't a title that was put on a pedestal. And so isn't that interesting? I spent my whole life going after this like professional title. It was to be an attorney. Then I go into advertising. And then when I went into advertising, I quit to become a mom and an entrepreneur. <laughs> I love that you share that journey though. And I feel like, unfortunately for a lot of moms who become moms early before they get to experience some of that, there isn't like comparison of, well, I did do some of that and now I'm doing this. And a lot of people don't give themselves the grace to be in that season of allowing themselves to be a stay-at-home mom or create some sort of entrepreneurship type business where they can either work from home or work part-time or not identify with one or the other. Like you said, I feel like I'm like you somewhere in between. I'm sure if anybody sees me from an outside, I'm a working mom. But at the same time, when I had Kai 10 years ago, that's when everything shifted for me because I worked, worked before. And now to me, now I just work, but to maybe the average person, I still work, work. But for me, the type of grind that I used to do was, was twice as much as what I do, maybe three times as much of what I do now, you know? And, and when my, that was a quick swift to the, like, or swift hit to the, who are you? What are you doing? What, are, what is important to you? And, um, how do you want to show up for your son moment that I had to decide do I, do I just pass them off to a babysitter? Do I give them to grandma and just keep doing what I'm doing? Or do I want to take this time and, and be able to spend this time with him? Unlike my mom who had me super young and she was chasing the career and she was never around. So I decided, well, I, I know what that life is like. I want to give him a different life. And I want to experience that as a mom. So pulling back the curtain on 
you know, what's really going to be, what's it really going to be like? I need to figure out something to bring in as a, as a second job or a second type of income in order to be able to stay at home more or be more flexible rather than just walking in the salon every day, trading time for money. And many of you have service-based businesses, whether it's hair or if it's nails or massage or anything where you have to show up in order to like, you know, service the client. And, and that's when I really started to explore what the online space had, had to, had for me and what else I could do in in the business that I knew. And that's when I got into like business coaching and marketing and online stuff, because again, I didn't learn any of that early on. That wasn't even an option to do any of this from home. There was no online education 20 years ago. So it's crazy that you say that. And and I, I guess I, I don't identify with either way. I guess, like I said, I'm a partially working mom, but but we didn't have that. That wasn't like, there wasn't a here, choose this or this when you were growing up, it was like, you're either a professional or you stay home. That's so it's interesting. So I'm writing a book right now for moms to help us with our imagination, because I see it this way. I see it as us being able to use our imagination to see the greatness in everyone else. I mean, everyone else, like from our stylist to like our OBGYN. And then like, we're not even on that list. It's like, well, what about you? You know, and it, and it's interesting, Jessica, that you, you know, bring this up because at the same time, when we think about all the people that we listen to, you know, like Jessica's podcast, my podcast, or like, let's say even Tony Robbins podcast or other podcasts that are out there, we, we sometimes almost like, don't consider the fact that they're talking to us specifically. It's almost like we're taking notes, some of us, not all of us, if we're moms, we're taking notes for our kids. You know, it's kind of like, well, I want my son, I have three, to be entrepreneurs. So let me mark this down for when my son or sons have their big idea and then help them, you know, become whatever it is that secretly I wish I could be, but maybe I don't feel like I can be right now because I can't go all out. And when I think about, you know, the book that I'm writing, as it relates to the imagination, what I decided to do was really take a lot of the individuals that I interviewed on my podcast. So in the book, we have like Susie Batiste in the book, we have, you know, James Altucher, Gary Vaynerchuk, we have all these people, not all of whom are moms. And I decided to just stretch our our possibilities a bit more. I was like, you know what? I can learn from a 19-year-old African-American young dude with zero responsibilities from my perspective, right? So of course, as a parent, I'm going to see the world in a very different way. And I think again, to the point of beauty industry professionals looking outside of their sector, outside of their country borders, or even outside of what's traditional. So looking at the online environment versus, you know, a physical environment, or both, that is a possibility. I think there's just so much opportunity and so much, you know, um, ingenuity that's possible that you can then choose to be you know, a somewhere in the middle mom, if that's your desire, you can dip into this way of working and this other way of working and make it your own and figure out what's going to work for you based on your priorities in the season of your life. And that, that concept has been a struggle for me. I'm the type that I'm like, no, I want it now. Actually, I want it yesterday and I want it really big and like, you know, let's make it happen. And I've had to pull back sometimes. And it's such a, like, sometimes I feel like 
really like not awkward, but I feel kind of like, my God, am I like living up to my potential? And I know a lot of us think that it's like, okay, well, what if, and this is like a crazy wild thought, but I'm going to go there. What if wherever you are in life, whatever season you're in, in your life, like that's where you're meant to actually like unleash your potential right? So if you are that, you know, salon owner, or if you have like a little space in a big salon, maybe in that realm of, you know, your area, your little kingdom, maybe that's where you're supposed to unleash your potential. Or maybe if you're a mom, or you're like a something in the middle mom, again, I'm trying to come up with like this amazing name for it. Maybe that's how you're meant to unleash your potential. It's kind of like, well, this is what you have, like, you have to stop work at I'm making this up 3p to pick up your kid. And yeah, that means you have to pause the podcast interview. So how are you going to make that transition smooth for you and your kid and not bring along the guilt or the I really should have because that's crap. That's that takes up energy that takes up a lot of energy. And that's something that everybody everybody that's listening, we have finite amount of it. I just want to let that sink in for a second because I feel like you're talking directly to me, which I imagine many of the listeners are feeling that same thing because at some point you're one of what she said. We're we're somewhere in those categories. You either own the salon, you're renting a space in the salon, you're a commission, you have your own suite. Um, you're doing something either in the beauty industry or even if you're in corporate. Like my cousin loves this podcast. My cousin is an accountant. Uh, she runs marketing for a big firm. And she gets so much out of these episodes too, because she is someone who never saw herself where she is. And she's like, her greatness is expanding in the spaces that she's in. Cause she's put herself in environments that have pushed her. And I'm thinking of all of the people I've worked with over the years, myself included. And even to this day with what I'm doing currently, like I always feel like there's more I could be doing. And I don't give myself that grace to just like accept a, and appreciate that I'm able to still do what I do, even in the limited, more limited space that I have. And, you know, we had a sales call this morning on our mastermind call and she was talking about prices and numbers of what she like sells her coaching for, what she sells different programs and stuff for. And she was putting herself in the box of like, one of the girls was talking about how sales, you know, numbers feel icky and that she must have, you know, obviously we all have our own level of financial comfortability. And, um, the girl teaching on the class this morning said, you know, I price myself at this, this particular number, because this is what I feel comfortable with. There's other people doing what I do charging 10 times as much. She's like, but this is what I feel comfortable with. And I feel like at times when you know, you can do more, you can do better. You beat yourself up for, you know, just doing what you're doing. And so thank you for sharing that with me. Cause that's how I feel like I'm, I am doing a good amount of stuff. And if you are listening to this podcast, thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I should stop waiting for when I am not a renter and I'm a salon owner to unleash my greatness. What if you just took the current spot that you're in now and did the absolute, absolute best that you could with the time that you had. And I think, you know, you talk about rituals in the morning and I talk a lot about time blocking and like, how can you be more efficient with what you do have? And if there's things that you don't know, where can you seek that information from or get that support from a lot of his podcasts like we have, or even just reaching out to people like you went out and interviewed and asked questions, you know, it didn't cost you anything. You know, you, you just made that concerted effort to like find out more, to get more clarity. And I think when you get that clarity in life, a lot of times that's all the confidence you need to make better decisions and to show up a little bit bigger. 
Totally. And I think what's interesting is that a lot of the people that I've worked with as a coach, they are these power players in corporate environments, and they will go to town to negotiate to the last dime on behalf of their employer. They will go on stages and they will pitch products that they don't use. But then something tricky happens when they start building out their business. All of a sudden it becomes, what will they think of me? You know, is this a reflection of my own worth? Am I going to embarrass myself? And that's where, you know, the Tony Robbins work comes in, right? So it's all these limiting beliefs and the irony. I, when I want to point this out, the irony is, you know, when it comes to choosing mentors, that's something that like that fills my spirit. Like I love, love, love helping, you know, anyone that's an entrepreneur or a small business owner figure out, you know, what resources do they need? Who do they need to speak to? making those connections and then forging deep, deep and honest and intimate relationships with those people so that, and this is my thinking, when one of my kids has a business idea, <laughs> I could go to them and be like, help. But but seriously, it's part of why I even launched my podcast. It's kind of like my treasure trove, you know, of all these like wonderful conversations with heavy hitters. And then also people that are just like myself, who I don't identify as like this, like world-class heavy hitter yet. But, you know, thinking about all of that, I think, you know, what's what's really interesting is, you know, and I want to tell this story because it popped up for me before I started on my soliloquy. But I remember I took the kids to Disney World and we went on this like bus. And you know how like you're in Disney, for those of you that have been to any Disney, at least from a Florida perspective, there's all these like shuttles that like, you know, they shut up you between this park and that park. So there was this bus driver there. He's memorable, that memorable that today, okay, I am thinking thinking about this bus driver and I'm in Sydney, Australia, and the bus driver has since retired. What he did in his space of a bus, okay, as a bus driver was he made us feel so good and he was totally unexpected. I mean, he would just, and this was an older gentleman. And I think he had, I mean, this is real specific. He had cut one of his like thumbs or something like with a lawnmower accident or something like I know all this about a bus driver right so this guy basically would break out in song like if Justin Timberlake you know one of his songs was like in vogue at the time he would all of a sudden like okay we would be stopping waiting for passengers up or down whatever and then he would break out in song and do the dances and shake his butt I mean like he went all out okay Look at that. Look at how I am still thinking about this man. Like, I'm still thinking about this man. He's retired, but he made it such that me and my family had the ultimate Disney experience. And it wasn't even like Mickey Mouse that made it the ultimate Disney experience. It was this guy who decided to totally unleash his potential. And he's not like this singer either, let's just say, but he unleashed his potential. He also figured out what he enjoyed most doing. And he just went for it. Like he belted those songs. He was just like all in it. He was in it to win it. And that was like one of the best, most memorable trips for us as a family. So imagine what you can do if you have someone that comes and I'm not going to share how long between my visits to the salon, but if someone comes, let's say, I think the recommended like eight weeks or whatever, 
every eight weeks, what an opportunity to like change how some like change someone's mood, you know, just that, like sharing like a story, exhibiting kindness or sharing, revealing something that's like fun about you, like that could really change like the person's entire week. And in that moment, in that moment, you're like at your greatest. You're like at your freaking greatest, whether it's your full-time job, part-time job, or however we want to think about it. Like it doesn't actually matter. You made a human connection and, and just that is value. So back to the point of finding people and resources and networking and, you know, figuring out who's your tribe, like realize this, because I think this is something that's important. A lot of times you might feel hesitant to reach out to, let's say like that social media influencer or someone that seems to be like super wealthy because you don't think that you can add value during that exchange. But I'm here to say as proof because of my podcast and all the people that I've been able to bring on, like Jordan Harbinger, I mean, as I mentioned, um, Beth Comstock, I mean, someone that actually did like a Netflix special that I'm forgetting his name right now in the jails of the world. But anyway, you're always offering value because you're listening to them. You're listening to someone. And don't we all want to feel listened to? Mm-hmm. That's right. valuable. It is. And I think, I hope this is resonating because I think at the end of the day, we, I'll just, I'll just talk about myself for one second, because I feel like this can be relatable. When I was stepping into the coaching space, I gave my, I put so much pressure on myself to create that I had to create some sort of massive transformation for whomever the potential client was going to be. And that got in my way of showing up as myself, just to hold space for other people let other people feel seen, really tap into my listening skills that I had worked on for 20 years. And I love that you have the background you do with psychology because you are talking to a ton of people in the industry that are therapists by way of accident because they've been in chairs talking to people, getting the real out of them. When someone sits down and tells you they want to chop all their hair off, the first question is, well, what's going on in your life? You know, really diving in and having thoughtful consultations with our clients are really just a first date right? We were having a first date where you're trying to figure that person out. They're trying to figure you out. And like she's saying, if, if where you're at doesn't allow for you to have outside influence, like go find that outside influence. So you can bring back that know-how to your chair. So that client can have that epic experience thinking you are some amazing expert, but really you just saw the latest, greatest movie, or you just read that blog article, or you just listened to Melissa's podcast when she's on the other side of the world, sharing insight. And then you share that with your client you know, those things and, and just those simple ways of connecting make you great and set you apart from the people next to you who may be just as technically, if not more technically skilled than you, but the difference in the reason why people come to you is for you. And I think we forget that sometimes we think we have to be, you know, reinventing the wheel all the time. And it's, it's in those moments of greatness where your client leaves, not only looking amazing, but, but feeling lighter and like they, they left there with less than they came, meaning that they're caring, you know, like in the hypothetical sense of how they feel. And I think I had a great mentor teach me that early on. They were like, you're, you're a pretty good hairdresser, but you're a really great listener. And you have a great way of connecting, like lean into that and like get deep with your clients and be vulnerable. And, you know, not saying share everything, right. It should always be about the client, but at the end of the day, if you can connect, if you're a master connector, 
you can pivot at any time. You can go from hairdressing to marketing to this to that to the next thing. That skill set, if you if you work on that skill set alone, you know, the sky's the limit when you say. I mean, yeah. As far as transferable skill sets, I would say that I am so I'm the right person to ask. I was going to say the wrong person to ask because I will always find a way to make it work. You know, it's like if somebody says that I only know how to do origami, I would be like, well, guess what? Apparently you can work for NASA because they use skills that are relevant to origami when it comes to certain parachutes. Like I could literally just figure out how things translate. So you're right. I mean, listening is such a, it's such a dependable skill. I mean, so important for anything that you do that relates to another human being, you know, and And what's interesting is oftentimes, so I have found the skills that come easiest to us, the ones that we don't have to work hard at, we totally overlook and undervalue. So back to that pricing idea, right? When I think about a lot of the people that decide to build out businesses online, what I have noticed is this trepidation to actually value what they do. Like, it's interesting because then from the world of work, they will be fighting for a certain base pay, right? They will be fighting for a ter- like a total compensation package that's like whatever sort of you know number they deem appropriate. But then when they build something on their own two feet and they don't have a business card with a big brand name, then it becomes like, oh my gosh, what will they think of me if I decide to charge A, B, or C? And the reality is, and I learned this early on, you know, it's it's not so much like this like arbitrary number, but to your earlier point, you know, Jessica, as far as like having other responsibilities, you just, you might feel limited, might feel limited by what you want to put out there, right? In the sense that what you can actually fulfill on, right? So if you have all these like responsibilities at home, like you're caring for like a a sick parent or an aging parent, you know, that's going to play a role to your pricing in the sense that you might only be able to offer a VIP coaching day, as opposed to a year long mastermind, you know, and those are personal decisions and they, they will reflect, you know, a bit in your pricing, but at the same time, it's also understanding that the things that you may have not been compensated for when you had the traditional beauty job, let's say, not that there's this like one traditional, but let's just imagine you're working for someone, you know, the things that you were paid for in that setting, that's not necessarily the only thing that you can be paid for when you're an entrepreneur, Right. So I was not paid when I was working in a corporate setting to necessarily, well, no, I was not paid to have a podcast. That's for sure. I was definitely not paid to talk to like people that are way above my job level. So me talking to CEOs at the time would have been, you know, looked down upon for sure. It's kind of like, who are you, you know, talking to this CEO or whatever. But all of that becomes a decision when you decide to do something on your own. You get to say, well, you know what? I was never paid for my jokes, for example. And I happen to know someone that works at, you know, an accounting firm 
you mentioned your cousin earlier and she actually is a comedian on the side and she's a mom and like at that accounting firm unless you really i don't know get a kick out of audits and they just tickle your funny bone but you're not paid for like jokes right that's not to say that if she were to start her own thing she couldn't do like i'm making this up tiktok videos that are like super funny and start collecting followers and sell like t-shirts that have some of her jokes on them like you could really build out this world and your life experiences, how you desire. And most of that takes courage, a lot of courage and imagination. So that's why the book is coming out in terms of imagination, cannot release a date because I'm still in draft one of this book, but we've got 80,000 solid words already documented. And, um, and then I also have a playbook for people that want to build their courage. So definitely I'll, I'll point the direction as far as where to go for that. So my website, and I could share that later if that's oh, no. appropriate. Yes, yeah? please, please share. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, building courage is, a, is also a skill set that when opportunity shows up, will you have the courage to step into that space? Because we are presented with opportunity all the time or ideas that come to us, right? You're listening now. You're probably thinking of ways that you could diversify or add, or I'm funny too. Maybe I could make shirts with funny memes on them, or maybe I could do a TikTok like that. You know, it's, it's the fear that holds us in a smaller space that tells us we are not good enough or smart enough or funny enough or pretty enough or glammed up enough today to show up. And you're so right. If, if your job depended on it, if your paycheck today depended on you doing those three things or what we just mentioned, you would do it. But I see so many people ask me all the time in the entrepreneur space, what do you see it is that holds people back when they're starting out? I'm like showing up, showing up and talking about who they are, what they do and what service they have to offer. Meaning what do they have for you to buy from them? And people are so afraid to like spam the, the internet that they, they throw it out there once and they're like, it didn't work. Nobody wants to hear my stuff. Nobody's buying from me. Nobody's interested, you know? And at the end of the day, everyone's so consumed with that they have going on that it is your duty if you're stepping into any entrepreneur space, whether you're you know, an accountant like that that wants to peel off and do something small, like having some sweatshirts with some memes on them, you know, that's putting you out there in the world. But if she doesn't post that she made those, no one's going to know. If she doesn't talk about it or if she doesn't ask people to share her shit, it's not going to get out there. So if you've got something on your heart, if there's something that you've been wanting to step into, I, I implore you to download this downloadable thing on courage that Melissa has for you, because the more courage we can rack up, obviously that confidence level is going to show up bigger and bigger. And the more we step out and do those things, we're like, oh, okay, I didn't die. I didn't die. I'm going to try that again. I'm going to take one more step. It's like, you know, Will Smith's analogy with building the wall from his autobiography. It's like one brick at a time. If someone says, go build a wall, you're going to be like, I don't know how to do that. But if they hand you brick by brick and all you have to do is set that brick down. Okay. Next one, next brick. Like that's how building a business is. And we make it so complicated us women, moms, especially we love to overcomplicate stuff. But if we just simplify things into bite-sized pieces, that's going to make the momentum. It may be slower than someone who has the playbook on how to build the wall. I already mapped out for them, but really all you need to know is where to put that next little block. And, and that's, that's a skill set that like, we want it all. Like you said, I want it. I want it yesterday. I want the accomplishments yesterday. I want to be able to do that thing yesterday. But if we can think about what can we, what can we start to slowly chip away at? That's going to add to, oh, in five years, in five months, I have so much more than I did if I hadn't started. Same with starting a podcast, right? You started episode one. We all do. 
And they usually episode one through 10 usually sucks. You know, you don't quite know what you're doing. You're winging it. And then you wake up like I'm about to celebrate episode 100 on Wednesday. Just boom. It's been a year and a half, but a year and a half ago, I was still scared, but I did it anyways. And I'm sure you were nervous to start yours, nervous and excited. And here you are with momentum. And now you got a book, 80,000 words. Like that is like, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. So please share with us where we can, we can grab that. And then yes. Is there a wait list where we can get on for the book? Yeah. Jessica, you're reading my mind. So that's on my to-do today. That's my brick. Okay. That's my brick, the wait list for the book. But in the meantime, this is how you grab the playbook. So it's a courage playbook. And I made it so that you can actually, you know, over the course of seven days, challenge yourself, right? And then also listen to a couple of key podcast episodes. So the podcast is called An Interview with Melissa Lorena. And the last name is seven letters and it has two L's. It's L-L-A. R-E-N-A and the courage playbook it's on melissalarena.com forward slash courage and so you would just go ahead and sign up for that and you'll get the book and I mean it's going to be amazing in the sense that you know what I always like to do is give myself dares and so that's how I launched my podcast and it wasn't me giving myself a dare. My husband actually gave me a dare. He was listening to an episode with James Altucher and Gary Vaynerchuk. And on that episode of the James um, Altucher podcast, Gary V was like, hey, if anybody starts a podcast because of this conversation, I will be your guest number five or whatever. And then James Altucher is like, oh yeah, cool. I'll be your guest number six. What was not said is that you have to really fight for that. Okay. It wasn't like this, like, Oh, here's my, my podcast. Come and join me. What I did was I decided to write my podcast journey on medium.com, which is where Gary Vaynerchuk, he's like an investor of medium.com. And I was like, you know, adding them. So speaking of spamming the internet every single day for a hundred days, okay. A hundred days, a thousand word articles every single day on my podcast building journey. That's how I ended up landing James Altucher and Gary Vaynerchuk. And it was this very concerted effort. And it's so interesting because I was definitely more in my stay at home mom phase at the time. And I remember there were some nights that my kids were like, oh, mommy, read to me. And it's like, let me just get this like article out, you know, and hit publish. So again, that was the brick by brick that started it all early on. So yeah, definitely check out an interview with Melissa Lorena, the podcast. There's an episode for any season you are in your life, whether it's like a spiritual conversation, if you're not feeling so good, if you have imposter syndrome, if you're procrastinating, I've got something for everyone. Um, And also the play book, as I said, melissalarena.com forward slash courage, but just find me on Instagram. I'm very approachable. I promise. <laughs> at Melissa Larena is the Instagram handle at M-E-L-I-S-S-A-L-L-A-R-E-N-A on Instagram. Awesome. And of course, we'll have all of that in the show notes. And if you are on the email list, you will get an email with all of this juicy content on it. If you're not subscribed to the email list, you can do that on jessicabergio.com underneath the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast. That way you're always in the know when the episodes drop and you can just click and have it downloaded, or you can send a text message and I will send the podcast link directly to you. Um, that's all in the show notes. You guys know, I love having these types of conversations. If you enjoy them also, please tag us, share it on social media, send this to somebody who needed a little bit of encouragement and just a friendly reminder 
that you can show up in the space that you're at and just be as great as possible. Like shine your light. You shining your light is not going to dim anybody else's light. In fact, it's going to shine the way for them because they may need to be able to see, you know, my weird old lady analogies I always have. I try to nail them, but they always seem like one off, but I still try. And that's what, that's what counts. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. You guys, I can't wait. I'm going to go right now and download the courage playbook because even though I seem like I show up with a lot of courage, I mean, how much better can I get if I have a little bit more clarity on how to pull that courage up when I really need it? And I think these are just tools that we have in our tool belt for when the time comes. Um, you have the knowledge, you have the skill set to just be able to draw on that. And that's what empowers you to be able to do the things, do the scary things and, and do them anyways. Um, and her pulling back the curtain of a hundred days, writing a thousand words in order to get these two key people on her podcast to propel her to where she's at now, you know, it's pulling back the curtain. You see everyone's after, which I always like to share on this podcast is we see the shiny after we see the somewhat of success that someone's having and, and we don't know how they started and we don't know how they got where they're at. So thank you for sharing that. And, and, and really, you know, anything worth having is going to require a little bit of grit, a little bit of dirt in there, but there's people like Melissa and I, that you can shoot us a question. And if we don't have the answer, we'll direct you to the right way because you know, that's what, that's what this is all about is just building community and helping you be as great as possible. So again, check the show notes. And if you love this episode, share it with somebody that, you know, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.